This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and, best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. Hi, Fred. My name is Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast, the only podcast that refuses to acknowledge 2021 and instead will be referring to it as 2020 Part 2, The Reckoning. Now, with that out of the way, let me introduce to you my guest this episode. He is one of the hosts of the incredibly hilarious podcast, Florida Men on Florida Man, a podcast that focuses on shockingly true stories from the Sunshine State about the legendary Florida Man. Please welcome to the inner circle, Josh. Josh, how are you doing today? Do very well. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate you coming on. So because you are the Florida men who talk about Florida man. Yes, uh, does that Does that make you the kings of Florida? And should I, from now on, refer to you and your co-hosts as your majesty? Wow. This is, uh, <laughs> this is, I was not expecting this. We usually abbreviate it. So just cough, king of Florida is perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll just uh, straight out call you your majesty because. Okay. Well, that should make for an interesting, <laughs> uh, an interesting story. Maybe just Josh. Well, that's going to be tough. It's confusing because so, I'm also Josh. Yeah. This is a, a real pickle. And, and from now on, I will only have Josh's on the show because. Nah, okay. You probably run out eventually. <laughs> well, there's a lot of us. There's a lot out there. Well, your majesty. On today's episode, (laughs) we will be in fact focusing on the Sunshine State and discussing the Nation of Yahweh, an organization that started out as a charitable movement to help the impoverished citizens of Miami and then turned onto the residents, subjecting them to a series of violent attacks and murders that left at least 13 people dead. I wouldn't expect anything (laughs) different. You know, uh, honestly, I had never I've never heard of this group. But I expected it to end in violence. I think when you hear the story, you'll think, yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah, like a Florida, Florida man story. <laughs> awesome. So let's Very get cool. started. Hulon Mitchell Jr. was born on October 27th, 1935 in Kingfisher, a sprawling city situated in the heart of Oklahoma. 
His father, Hulan Sr., was the minister at the Church of God in Christ, while his mother, Pearl, was a pianist for the same congregation. Would you say Hulan? Yeah, it's a weird. It's H U L O N. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I mean that sounds right. But I just... <laughs> it's an interesting name. Yeah, I think I'd like to go by Hulan actually now, if that's cool. Uh, yeah, okay. Your Majesty, Hulan yeah. and Your Majesty. I'll just change the script here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so he's already started. Like most of these cult leaders, there's a lot of religion in the household, of the, and they're starting mm-hmm. off. So textbook. Yep. After stints in the military and law school, Mitchell moved to Atlanta, Georgia in the 1960s, and became caught up with the Nation of Islam, or NOI, a political and religious movement that catered to mostly African Americans. However, he left the organization just a few years after joining. Okay. So, already getting that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It seems like the the trend, start off (laughs) hyper-religious, taste a couple religions, and then say, well, this isn't for me, I can do better. Yeah, and I don't actually know too much about the NOI. They might. Neither do I. They sound potentially like they could be cult. Like they sound serious. Yeah, I'm not going to make any speculations. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I'm not going to speak against the NOI. No, no. So in 1978, Mitchell moved to Miami, and I'd just like to point out that he was born in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. moved to Georgia, wow. and then moved to Florida. So we can't fully blame Florida for this cult Thank as you. much as we would like to. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He definitely um, he started it somewhere else, but. You said in 78, now he's making his way to Florida. Yeah. This is prime time, really, in Miami. <laughs> what was going on in Miami? Do you know? A lot of cocaine. Time? Okay. Yeah. So. That's, yeah, probably, that's... <laughs> probably, well, I'll find out. Okay. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so he moved to Miami where he started slowly amassing followers from the community's existing congregations, the majority of which consisted of black Hebrew Israelites, a name that refers to African-Americans who believe that they were descendants of the Bible's ancient Israelites. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could get there. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> so they did this to keep themselves distinct from, from Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So they identified themselves as black Hebrews. Cool. And practice a religion that blends together beliefs from Christianity and, and Judaism. Mm-hmm. So kind okay. of a... Best of both worlds, kind of? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Is the second coming going to happen or is it not? We'll find out. <laughs> Does Jesus exist? I don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll find out. <laughs> black Hebrew Israelites are often characterized by their religious zeal. And it was thanks to this that Mitchell was able to create his group, which he called the Nation of Yahweh. Wow, strong. The, <laughs> the, uh, the following year in 1979, so it only took him a year Jeez. to do this. That's impressive. That's a good start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't done anything in a year. I was going to say this year I haven't done anything. <laughs> no, this year I haven't done anything. I've gained some LBs, but that's about it. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of impressive. <laughs> the fledging organization established its official headquarters in a mixed-use compound known as the Temple of Love, hmm. which was situated in the historically black enclave of Liberty City in Florida. Wow. I think compound is where you know something's going on. Yeah. I think if you're a cop and you go, is that a <laughs> compound? Maybe we should check it Maybe out. Maybe we right? should uh, give that a look into. <laughs> For real. And then the Temple of Love is sounds sounds less of like a headquarters for a black Israelite group mm-hmm. and more of a like an orgy cult or something. Yeah, like or a VH1 show. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so far, just off the off the start, how are you feeling about uh, Hulan and the Nation of Yahweh? I feel like I would be persuaded into this 
if I was allowed to be. Yeah, you're white, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 thank you. <laughs> if my voice didn't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think uh, us Joshes would be allowed in. For but real. We'll start our own. Yeah, it'll also be called the Temple of Love. <laughs> yeah, obviously. We're going to have to borrow the subtitle. Yeah, we'll have to sue them for the rights or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think that's going good. <laughs> so they're starting off pretty nice. They're just kind of like another religious organization. Mm -hmm. In the compound at the Temple of Love. Exactly. However, the nation of Yahweh was built on a disturbing set of doctrines. And I'd like to clarify that this first thing on its own isn't disturbing. But when you add it up with everything else, it's definitely a recipe for disaster. Okay. So the first thing they espoused was black power. With okay. Mitchell constantly preaching to his followers that God, along with everyone else in the Bible, was in fact black. He further claimed that they had been endlessly persecuted by white people and the Jews, an oppression that has continued to haunt their descendants to this day. So... Again, not necessarily a bad thing. It's hard to much, disagree with those statements, right? Yeah. Pretty much everything you said is true. Black people are definitely, I mean, still prosecuted by oh, yeah. white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have no idea what God's skin color is. For, can, yeah, for real. <laughs> if he was, came from the Middle East, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. Definitely not no, white. Think, so. <laughs> no, no, no. Definitely not the all the Jesus posters that are sold. <laughs> But you can see, like, it's building a community that is hateful towards white and Jewish people, mm -hmm. which is not something you'd necessarily expect from the Temple of Love, you know? True. True. <laughs> I think the biggest red flag, however, though, is uh, uh -oh. <laughs> Mitchell also alleged that he was the son of God, mm. even going so far as to christen himself Yahweh ben Yahweh, which means God, son of God, basically. Okay. Yeah, I think that's where... I think rule two is where I would lose interest. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay, yeah, I can get behind maybe hating some white people, but... Uh, yeah, obviously, that's easy. Believing that you're the chosen one, maybe not. I think, because I think it's my odds, really. What are the odds that I would come across God incarnate? In Florida. In Florida, probably not good. <laughs> so I'm more of an odd type of guy. Yeah, and, and much like Jesus Christ, it was only through him that black Hebrew Israelites would be able to gain knowledge of their true history, okay. which would allow them to free themselves from the persecution that they had suffered at the hands of white and Jewish people. So okay. that's where the hate, you know. Yeah, he holds the knowledge. Of how, how to fight them back, yeah. Yeah. Is there money going to be involved soon? Uh, you know what? It doesn't, I, I couldn't see too much about the money, but they definitely, I mean, they give most of everything up. To, yeah. to live in this com these compounds and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think I would. I mean, I'm comfortable with living in a compound. I don't currently, <laughs> but I think some type of co-op I'd be comfortable with. Yeah, it's like going to college. You're living in a yeah. big compound. with, And you're just sharing with a bunch of dudes. and <laughs> Just getting trashed every night. Just getting trashed. That's, <laughs> that's what the Temple of Love does. <laughs> oh. So this, this message resonated with a lot of African Americans in Miami, especially in the year 1980 when the city erupted in a series of violent riots after four white police officers were acquitted in the murder of Arthur McDuffie, a black insurance agent whom they had beaten to death at a traffic stop the year before. And yes. when I read that, I almost confused it for 2020 because it's so, it's so <laughs> similar. Yeah. And uh, yeah, kind of telling of how far we've got. An insurance agent. I mean, anybody, but an insurance agent, that's just... And a traffic stop. So what, what's the worst he could have been doing at a traffic stop? Stopping. Yeah, going, I guess, is the worst thing you do. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But uh, still, to be beaten to death is... Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, 2020. Yeah, 2020, 1980. What's 40 years, I we guess? We haven't come far. Yeah. <laughs> 
To quote Khalil Amani, who went by the name Brother Yuda during his time in the nation of Yahweh, quote, Black people were already in a frenzy about the verdict, so a lot of people were drawn to these teachings. People flocked to us, end quote. So as he's saying, like, they're already stirred up, and they just kind of want someone to follow to lead this movement. And uh, Yahweh ben Yahweh's teachings were certainly unorthodox and radical. Mm-hmm. However, the community's doubt about him dissipated when he used the nation of Yahweh for public good. Oh, okay. They purchased and rehabilitated rundown buildings located in some of the city's poorest areas, transforming them into livable apartment complexes for the impoverished and the homeless. Wow, okay. They're doing good, right? You know? Yeah, oh yeah. Just like Jim Jones in the People's Temple. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. That didn't turn out so well. Yeah, it's it seems to be, and I'm, I'm not sure going into this if the leaders are like, I want to actually do good, or if they're... Because most of them start off this way where they actually do good things for yeah. the homeless, poor, you know, yep, that kind of yep. stuff. Yeah, well, they're the supreme being, so naturally the first kind of thing is to help the poor, right? Exactly. And I don't know. I hesitate to I think. I think they go into it honest. You think so? Okay. But it's power. You know, once they get this right. big helping of power. I think anyone who claims to be Jesus, though. That's, yeah, I forgot about that one. That was the other one. Yeah, if they're going into it and they're like, oh, I'm just the leader of this group, like, pretty humbly, I would be like, okay, you know, maybe they are going in for the right thing. I forgot about the second rule, actually, (laughs) now that we're talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, the worst part of the rules. (laughs) But, of course, as with every cult, things Mm. took a much darker turn. Mm Mm-hmm. And boy, does it take a turn. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yahweh ben Yahweh created a small exclusive group within the nation of Yahweh, which he called the Brotherhood. Cool, cool. According to Amani, to gain membership into this inner circle, one had to bring back proof that they had managed to successfully kill a white person. Wow. He further claimed to have seen an applicant hand their leader a severed human ear, which he tossed from hand to hand like a toy ball. Mm. So... Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it, but... No, definitely not. The, the, yeah, the son of God's not like, hey, let's go kill people, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, no, like, no. he's more like forgive and... and Ideally. Yeah, Ideally. Build, build a better community. I get that these people are frustrated, but to kill random white people, probably not the way to go. Just you know? to join the brotherhood. It seems like an extreme step. I thought it was like you get beat in. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be better. Not mm-hmm. great, but better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or just sign like a contract or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So everyone, for everyone keeping track at home, you know, it, the formula is hate plus son of God equal bad. Yeah. I'm with you. I think love plus son of God, probably good. But yep. 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 We're on the wrong, <laughs> we're on the wrong side of the coin here. We're just missing the right word. And yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the main math. word. Yeah. The main word. This violence and murder escalated throughout the years, which spurred many to leave the nation of Yahweh. Disillusioned and disturbed by what they had witnessed. Amani was one of them. He fled the organization in 1985, leaving behind his wife and children. He managed to reach his hometown of Carroll City, where he slept inside his father's abandoned car, homeless but grateful to have escaped with his life. So was this guy, was he part of the Brotherhood? Does that mean he had to do extreme things? I don't think he was. I think he, he was part of the initial group, mm-hmm. which you're right, are usually the most ingrained in the cult, which... That's why I think this is interesting, that they're starting to question and leave the group. The core unit is now fading out. Yeah, which is turning into a different core unit, which is a a rotten core by the sounds of it. Yeah, for real. Hopefully they're not also starting their own cults, because that's what I would expect. They start their own inner circle within the inner circle. Yeah, competing cults. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of these inner circle members started trying to get out. One was actually a co-member of Amani. He was 26-year-old Aston Green, who was among the organization's first dissidents. However, he wasn't lucky enough to escape. Oh, no. In 1981, he was bludgeoned unconscious before being rolled up in a carpet and taken to the Everglades. Goodness. Where he was finally beheaded. All the while, his attackers and murderers celebrated the fact that they had managed to successfully take revenge against a hypocrite, which was the name given to those who were leaving or planning to leave the nation of Yahweh. Mm. And when someone says, you know, knock unconscious, taken to the Everglades, beheaded, sounds like just another day in Florida to me. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You open the newspaper and you're going to find one of those words. Well, at least that's, that's fun. I think at the, at, you know, when you're in the cult, I think when they start coming up with keywords to describe people that leave the cult. Yeah. That's when you need to leave before they really rectify the actual word. Well, and it's, it's wild to me. So this guy left in 1981. Mm-hmm. So the cult wow. started in 79. So it's wow. turned that quickly, right? And they're that extreme. They're like, okay. That extreme already. It's a but, beheading. But it took Amani until 85 to leave. Wow. So he saw hit one of his, probably one of his good friends, because they oh, were yeah. pretty close. They started the organization together, get beheaded. And he was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to see how this goes for the next four years. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it could get worse. It could get better. Yeah, he wasn't my best friend, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy was kind of a jerk. He stole my jello out of the yeah. one time. So beheading was extreme, but. He could he could have used a haircut, you know? <laughs> yeah, hey, man. We missed. Whoops. <laughs> The following day, the remaining members of the organization were called to a rally where they were encouraged by their leader to carry out more revenge killings against the Mm -hmm. hypocrites. He bade them to make killings public, to leave behind gruesome evidence of the bodies in order to strike fear into the hearts of those who no longer believed in the group's doctrine. Ramping up very quickly. Why don't you just tell stories of it? You don't have to do it. Like, I'm already scared of this cult. But yeah, when beheading one person should have been enough to be like, "Um, yeah, maybe I won't won't behead two people. It's okay. They won't be had two people. They don't have the nerve. Well, and they almost take it to an extreme where it's like, I don't know, like Scientology doesn't do that kind of stuff, but I would yeah, be very true. afraid to be in a Scientology building. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. They may lock you up like in some compound. And Tom Cruise just beats you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or jumps on you. <laughs> yeah. Do, does some sort of stunt off you. Um, <laughs> throughout the 1980s, more than a dozen of these revenge killings were ordered by Yahweh Ben Yahweh and dutifully carried out by his followers. Among these murders was that of the alleged leader of the hypocrites, Carlton Carey, and his wife, Mildred Banks. The couple Mm -hmm. had talked to the police after Austin Green's death to report their suspicions of the nation of Yahweh. In retaliation, they were attacked by the cult members, which left Carey dead. Goodness, this is when you move. You know, if you're (laughs) going to be the head of the hypocrites... You just got to move. Just move. I don't know what the deal is. Don't know why you'd stick around. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's see. I don't think they're that serious about beheading. Let's (laughs) risk it. Yeah. They might have just killed one of our friends, but uh, they won't do it to us. No, I'm going to the cops and then I'm going to the airport. (laughs) That's how I'm getting out of this. I'm not even going to the cops. Fuck it. Yeah, for real. (laughs) I'll call the cops. I'm pulling in Amani. I'm leaving my (laughs) wife and children. (laughs) Just bingo. Going to my dad's house. (laughs) (laughs) The groups also started turning against the community that they initially cared about so much. In 1986, they firebombed beach homes in a bid to terrorize the residents. A few months later, on October 30th, 28-year-old Anthony Brown and 37-year-old Rudolph Brassward were found slain in their apartments. 
shot to death by a member of the nation of Yahweh named Robert Rosier, who was known as Mira Israel within the organization. Goodness. This is getting bad. Yeah, these two were killed because they had publicly denounced the nation of Yahweh um, when their criticisms appeared on television and the newspaper. And This uh, is so fast. So quickly. They they just started the cult like (laughs) seven years ago. And now they're already like killing people and destroying real estate. And actually, the next part is is funny because that year marked a turning point of mm-hmm. the, for the nation of Yahweh. Their violent tendencies having escalated so much that local law enforcement had started paying attention. Oh, phew. In, okay. In, in cool, 1986, cool, cool. a total of nine murder victims were found in the Miami-Dade County in Florida. Goodness. Every single one of them had their ears removed. Oh my gosh. Why is the ear a calling card for the... Because you can prove that, like, it's just a quick thing. You can prove that you killed someone, I guess. I guess. And if they have ears, let them hear, I think is in the scripture. Oh. So maybe it's part of that. Maybe it is a religious thing, true. <laughs> there you go. That's why I brought you on for your religious Thank expertise. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got my Bible here. So <laughs> oh, I was searching the, the back for ears for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Where are all the ears? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and it baffles me that it took the police this long to like Goodness. start. Yeah, well, the 80s were really, I mean. There were so many gang killings and uh, killings over cocaine. That's true. So, but the ears thing is the thing. You yeah. Know? And maybe they were like, some of the police killed some black people. So yeah. we'll let them take a few white people. I like, mean, they had just like, <laughs> killed an, an insurance agent, you know, less than 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. As the nation of Yahweh carried out more and more violent attacks against both dissidents and non members alike, those who had managed to survive escaping the group began to come forward to the police. Among them was Amani, who was given the code name El Indio by the FBI. I have okay. no idea why. Okay. <laughs> According to Amani, quote, I was fully expecting to get arrested. I just knew that this cult had to be brought down. It was time. And whatever I could do to help, that's what I was willing to do. End quote. Okay, I'm a little late, but I, I'm glad. I mean, a true Yahweh ben, ben Yahweh would have forgiven him probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you don't want to risk it. You don't want to go to him. No, you no, know. no, no. He has a machete. Well, I don't know if he killed anyone personally. Mm, true, true. It's not like the leader to have blood on his hands. Yeah, he doesn't need to. He just tells everyone to. Yeah, because he's a <laughs> God, God in God. Exactly, yeah. In 1990, Yahweh Ben Yahweh, along with at least a dozen of his followers, were arrested by the FBI on 18 charges of racketeering, including wow. 14 killings. Jeez. Two years later, in 1992, he was sentenced to an 18-year jail term after being found guilty of plotting 14 murders, carrying out two attempted murders, and the Delray Beach firebombing. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I've heard Delray Beach, but, you know, firebombings are so just like... It's <laughs> so common. It's so like, common. It's like, which one are you one? talking about? <laughs> for real. <laughs> I think it's wild that he only got 18 years. Yeah, for real. Who wants to go to jail next to that guy, though? Isn't life sentence 25 years there? You know, here in Florida, <laughs> it's kind of like at the discretion. You know, our, the sheriff of the county that I'm in, they said, um, Sheriff, why did you shoot the guy 88 times? Oh, God. And he said something like, because we ran out of bullets. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy was a cop killer. Well. Uh, but still, they, yeah, they trapped him in the woods, and that's his quote. Oh, my that's God. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a logical <laughs> answer. I get it. Uh, yeah, it makes sense, but it's like, maybe lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just say, uh, whoops. My trigger got stuck. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> gun jammed in the on position. Everybody's gun jammed in the on position. And I reloaded just, just to see if I could unstick it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
2001, he was granted parole and forbidden from contacting any past or present members of the nation of Yahweh. Should we be talking about this guy? Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Uh, okay. Coming up, yeah. This was rescinded, rescinded in 2006, though, when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And oh, his then-attorney, no. Jane Weintraub, plead the court for mercy. Mm-hmm. Which, quick note, I think it's absolutely hilarious that his lawyer's last name was Weintraub, which is a, definitely a Jewish hair. Definitely, Jewish yeah. Definitely. There was no, like, hiding it. Like, he didn't go, oh, is this guy a Jew? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like... You, get, you know, you got to hire experts. So. Yeah. I mean, it worked. He got out in two, oh like gosh. in 2001, was it? Yeah. 2001, you got it. Wow. So he didn't really even serve that much time. Goodness. If you want to count from, from 1990 when he was initially arrested, it was 11 years. That's not bad. I mean, there are marijuana guys here in the state that are in yeah. for life, basically. <laughs> Which baffles so, me. I this guy <laughs> kills 14 people and bombs a fucking beach. I think it was amazing, you know, to the <laughs> jurors also. They're like, I don't know. That's just so many. They're like, oh, that was 11 years ago. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On May 7, 2007, Yahweh Ben Yahweh, real name Hulan Mitchell Jr., died at his home in Opa Florida, age 71. Wow. So you don't have to necessarily worry about him. He's, okay. Uh, he's gone. <laughs> okay, phew. To this day, Yahweh Ben Yahweh's daughter, Venita, maintains her father's innocence, as well as his role as the Messiah of the Black Whoa. Hebrew Israelites. In an interview, she said that, quote, they prosecuted an innocent man knowing full well of his innocence. It Did was they? just unbelievable seeing all of this unfold, knowing he didn't deserve it, end quote. I'm not going to say that. I don't think she's an expert. I'm just saying. Uh, okay, yeah, that's your response. Here's my response to it okay. is... Uh, Fuck you. Your father is a terrible person <laughs> and doesn't deserve to be remembered as the Messiah. Yes. And this goes for every cult leader that I talk about. Fuck them all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I was going to say. Well, it's like you read my transcript. Yeah. And, and I can <laughs> promise you that if heaven and God do exist, these people mm-hmm. are not leading you to them. They're leading you no. straight to the depths of hell. <laughs> like, it, it's wild. The people that will forgive these. Oh, yeah. And the stretches of logic that it takes to get there. I guess, uh, I mean, it is his da- his daughter, so I guess you got to believe your dad is some sort of good, because then Not does me. that make you, but yeah, yeah, fuck My it. dad's done a lot, a lot less, <laughs> and I'm like, that guy's a dick. <laughs> uh, that's funny. You know, man. my dad stepped on the back of my shoe one time when I was and walking still, in front of him. And you were three. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. <laughs> I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> And the hypocrites agree with us, believing that Hulan Mitchell Jr. was nothing more than a charlatan who led them on a violent rampage that killed at least 13 people and injured countless others. Wow. 30 years after he left the cult, Khalil Amani continued to wake up in a sweat at least once a week, screaming from his nightmares. In an interview, he said, quote, Sometimes I think Yahweh Ben Yahweh has been re- resurrected and knocks on my front door. Sometimes I wonder in my dreams, maybe he really is God. End quote. No, brother. Just get an air conditioner. Yeah. Maybe go yeah, talk to a, a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, for real. Get an air conditioner and go talk to somebody. You'll stop waking up in sweats. <laughs> That's how I solved it. I move out of the state. Jeez. Yeah. Move to Canada. We'll take yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but even though the horrors of the nation of Yahweh are now widely known, many continue to believe in its doctrines and its mission. The organization's website and social media page remain active, although (laughs) current members insist that their past racism and violence have been abandoned. Mm. However, however, here's an however. (laughs) Okay. um, 
one of its present followers, Michael the Black Man, which is okay. a wild name. Um, that was my middle name in high school. <laughs> so weird. That it's, wow. You're like, I got beat up so much. <laughs> so I didn't understand it. Why? <laughs> also known as Maurice Woodside, once claimed that the Democrats were akin to the German Nazis during a rally Ooh. for Rick Santorum's presidential campaign in 2012. Since that then, seems like Wood- a stretch. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, are they the best people? Not all of them. Not sure. all of them. Are they better than some? <laughs> well, Who knows? Actually, I was just about to say, since then, Woodside has been very vocal about his support for Donald Trump and Oof. his domestic policies. <laughs> That's how you lose me. Yeah. So with members that continue to espouse such beliefs, has the, the nation of Yahweh really forsaken its racist and violent history? And... That's the question I will leave you all with today. <laughs> Initial thoughts after after hearing about the nation of Yahweh? This has got to be one of the fastest, though, right? The fast- fastest? Yeah. Uh, cults to start, go violent. Yeah, I guess it was like 11 years because it was 79 through till 90 when he got arrested. So 11 years is pretty long. He must have been very charismatic, though. I mean, it was also one of the fastest cults to just radicalize like right away. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's bound to like... Be yeah. be quick, you know what I mean. It's not well, and the uh, you know obviously the the cops being the insurance guy is kind of what started the fire. There you go. That's a that's a good moral to wrap up on. It's uh, mm-hmm. police violence in the states yeah. are kind of the cause yeah. of a lot of radicalization, a lot of things. And I mean, I'm curious to see how many cults spread up from this most recent one. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. I'll have a job for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Job security. All right, Your Majesty. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a very exciting and very, uh, like a new segment for the podcast that I want to start doing going forward in 2020 part two, The Reckoning. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When I was researching some cults, I stumbled upon an advertisement on Google. Oh, Jesus. It was a Yelp review ad that said, quote, top 10 best religious cults near Ashburn, Virginia, unquote. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And it gave me an idea for this segment called Cult Critique. Okay. So after each episode, my guests and I will rate the cult that we did an episode on Mm -hmm. out of five stars and give some critiques and comments. I will then, if it's not already, add the cult to Yelp with a review. Wow. So that Fred, my audience, can Mm -hmm. go on and review it themselves. And in the next episode, I will read my favorite reviews from my audience. Very cool. (laughs) So uh, This is clever. So just off the bat. Five stars. What would you rate the nation of Yahweh? Oh, man. I think I'd give them a two. Okay. Just for not sticking with their original doctrine, the love idea. <laughs> you know, maybe my version of love is different. It's less about murder. I guess it's different for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's usually not hate, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the one thing. It's usually the opposite of the murder thing. Yeah, Yeah, I sure. love you. Let me murder you. <laughs> it's usually not said. Yeah. Know? Although I guess Lenny from uh, Mice and Men. Oh, yeah. Jesus. He loves things so much that he crushes them. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on the same level. But yeah, I mean, I'm at a two. I don't know where you're at for this. I'm I'm sitting around the two, three mark because yeah. I think it didn't establish itself very long. Like you said, mm-hmm. it was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I was very impressed at how quickly he radicalized a bunch of people. That um, was impressive. I would like to see some of maybe their, I don't know if it's scripture. Just kind of see what really got people, you know? You can just call them up because they're still operating. I don't think I'm going to do that, though. I might not, I'm, the sad thing is I might not have to create a Yelp page for this one. Oh, but, that's, yeah, that one's probably real. But yeah, some things they could have done better, you know, is definitely definitely taking a little bit slower. 
Mm-hmm. They were on the right track with the community help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't take enough money. I think that was my my biggest, like you yeah. said. They didn't steal enough money from their followers to yes. make them dependent on them so they could escape still. That's true. Yeah. You got to lock those followers down. Yeah. They, they don't have clothes. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, clothes. I mean, maybe like bed sheets or something. Yeah. yeah it's Florida. It's pretty warm. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nudism is popular down here. Oh, perfect. That's the episode we did not too long ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was an uncomfortable one. But yeah, I think I think a two or a three sounds pretty comfortable mm-hmm. if, if you're okay with that. And then the critiques, you know, could have tried to sustain a little longer, could have made them more dependent. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe um, not cut people's head off in like the first three years. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not your own people. That That's a big yeah. thing. Don't kill your own people. Kill other no, people. No, no. <laughs> not within the first five years. I think that's the rule. I, I think, yeah, it's a rule. Year of six is when we start killing hypocrites. Yeah. Jim Jones wrote it. Wrote it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah okay well i'll i'll create the page and if uh yeah, cool. any listeners out there want to go and review it themselves maybe you have some different opinions i'll i'll read out some of the maybe funniest or or best reviews uh next this should week. be interesting i think it'll be fun i'll send you some <laughs> afterwards too very cool <laughs> so thank you very much everyone for listening josh please tell the people about florida men on florida man and where they can find it okay so we are a um florida man Florida men based podcast where we go kind of past the headlines, the crazy, <laughs> but we obviously highlight it. It's, it is our, you know, it's low hanging fruit. So we have to take it right. <laughs> but we also do Florida history. So you can find us at fmofm.com or fmofm anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That's awesome. What's, what's maybe your favorite, like one of your favorite stories of Florida man? It's got to be one of the original cowboys named <laughs> Bone Mazel. Oh my God, that's quite the name. Yeah, yeah. We have a few. Uh, he shows up a few times. Um, he <laughs> He's a recurring said, guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was said to be able to whip a fly off a cow's butt without the cow noticing. Holy shit. Yeah. That's impressive. He's a, he's a real character. And there are books about the guy. Jeez. That's, yeah, a, that's, he, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I encourage, you know listeners stop by and you know just listen to our whole catalog you'll find the episodes yeah that definitely no thank you for coming on josh i really appreciate it uh no, i appreciate you having me my listeners definitely go give uh florida men on florida man a, a listen they're always funny and florida you know never fails to give an interesting story so it never fails <laughs> it's too easy if you're loving this podcast be sure to give us a review and tell your friends about it if you want to keep up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at let's underscore cult. You can follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash let's start a cult pod, or you can go to let's start a cult podcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. Thank you, Fred, for listening. And thank you, Josh, for coming on today. We will see you next time. Awesome. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, 
And best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com slash cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show.